Oh, man. Hey, guys. It's good to see you. Good to see you guys here. What? What is, what is, what is this? Oh, yeah, that's a special something. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. Not, not now. Not now. Maybe like next week. Like maybe like next week. Probably next week, Macy. Yeah, definitely next week. It's the hotel room reservations all over again. It's quiet. No, you gotta have secrets. No, you just you just can't sneak into my office and try to steal stuff. I know. I know. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, we did decorate for Christmas. If you haven't noticed. Uh, out in the lobby and everything looks really awesome. Uh, who's ready for Christmas? Heck yeah. Yes, Christmas. Let's go. Awesome. I love it. Um, we, like what Macy said earlier, we only have two more times after this time that we even get to hang out. It's kind of crazy. Um, we only have today, tonight, and next week for messages, um, and then we have our Christmas party, and then we're off for a couple of weeks, and I'll see you guys in 2022. I almost said 2023 for some reason. I'm just getting way, way too far, way too far ahead. Just, just skip the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Anyway, um, but uh, it is. It's kind of crazy, right? So we're just going to take two weeks, and uh, we're going to go through just a short message um, that I have entitled... Um, it, 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 the, the title of it, go ahead and throw that up because I want to get the, the wording right here. Uh, it, we're looking at a man of hope, a man that we can place our, our hope in. And what we're going to do over these next two weeks is, is really examine and take a look at how Jesus was a hope to hopeless people, to people who had no hope. They had zero uh, anything to, to look forward to. And so we're just going to take two weeks. I, I want to go ahead and start in Luke chapter 2. And if, you're, if you are familiar with that text, you know this is like the standardized Christmas story that you go and read at your families uh, every year. And, and, and it's the same thing. So that's where we'll be as far as the text tonight. But I think it's appropriate to start there. And so a lot of times when, when we hear about hope, especially in Christmas season, right, you hear of Jesus being the hope and all this, and, and you're like, okay, sometimes we can, like, forget what hope even is and, and really even what it means for, for our life. And so if I were to ask you, what is hope, what would you say? What would you say hope was? Anything? Yeah? No? Maybe so? Small group session right here. Something you want to happen. What's up? <laughs> he forgot. Awesome. No, that's good. The light at the end of the tunnel, right? Let me, uh, I, I, think, I think hope and knowing, knowing what hope is, really understanding this concept. What's up? Oh, oh hold on, hold on. I'm going to read the definition myself. Get ahead of me. Anyway, I think in this culture, in today's day and age, a lot of us walk around and we don't even know that what we're placing our hope in. And some of you are walking around and you have no hope and you don't even really understand why. You just are feeling empty all of the time. And so hopefully these next two weeks can really unpack this thing because I want you guys to understand Jesus is our hope among 
everything amidst all of the chaos, amidst all of the, the craziness that we go through. Jesus is the one thing that we can place our hope in. He's the one person that we can place our, our, our hope in. So what, what uh, Abby was trying to, to get to me was the definition of hope from Webster's Dictionary, right? Because that's where you get definitions. Anyway, hope is this. It's to cherish a desire with anticipation, right? What you were saying, to look forward to things, to want something to happen, to want something to be true, or to place your trust in something, right? This is especially pertaining to Jesus, to, to put your hope in something or someone, to trust them. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, and Luke is really cool. Luke is, is, is easily one of, my, one of my favorite books of the Bible because of how he speaks to people who didn't know Jesus, who weren't Jewish, who didn't understand how important he was going to be to the rest of the world. A lot of these other authors in the Gospels write to audiences that were familiar with the backgrounds and the different things. And you can get in the weeds and kind of study all of this stuff. But that's why I like reading out of Luke. It's, it's for people who are outside of Jewish customs. And so this is one of the most detailed accounts that we have among the four Gospels of the birth of Christ. The things that are leading up to it. It's the most uh, a complete account that we have. And it's that, like I said, it's that traditional Christmas story from maybe, maybe you heard Luke chapter two and you're like, I already know like what this is going to say, how this is going to work out. And so we're going to be in Luke uh, chapter two. And I want to get away from some of that cliche stuff. I want to dig into some of the other uh, things surrounding this story because it's really easy to look and, and see the, the shepherds were watching over the flocks by night. You get all of these, these things that you like, I just know it. And so I want to I unpack some, some stuff here about what, why, why we place our hope in Jesus. There is so much that happens surrounding the birth of Jesus, surrounding this Christmas season, that allow us to see why we put our hope in Jesus. Why is it that, that, we, that we trust this, this, this man who, 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 who told us that he was fully God and fully man? How, how is it that we can trust him? And how did the people around him, what, what happened around their lives? So let's go ahead, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. We're going to read through a lot of scripture tonight, but uh, I'm not apologizing for it like I normally do. So this is what it says. Again, I'm getting away from, from some of, the, some of the, uh, the cliche stuff. And so, uh, and so it says this in chapter uh, 2, verse 8, there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping their watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Everybody say, a Savior has been born to you. A savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. If you guys would just pray with me as we kind of open and unpack some of these things. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this season that we get every single year an opportunity to reflect on just the magnitude, the, the awesomeness of this account, this event that changed the course of history forever, especially for us. I pray that in this season, as we, as we look at, at this man who, who gives and brings so much hope into our lives, even today in 2021, Lord, I thank you that you are relevant, that you are active, that you are living, that, that you are, are with us. Lord, I pray that we would just focus in tonight. I pray that, that all of the distractions, all of the things that these students are carrying uh, on, their, on their chest, on their backs, Lord, I pray that, that as we unpack this over these next two weeks, that these things would just begin to fall off and, and students would experience freedom like they've never have before. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're gonna do tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So we have this story of the shepherds who meet these angels who talk about Jesus as a savior. I want you guys, if you're taking notes, to really grab onto these three things on what the birth brought. The birth brought an excitement. This is the first thing that we're gonna really unpack because it's, it's shown throughout here. There was an excitement when the shepherds hear from, from the angels. I mean, wouldn't you be excited if you literally had an angel visit you and tell you like, hey, you're supposed to do, go do this thing? That would be pretty exciting. That would be a pretty awesome thing to happen. The birth brought an, an excitement, right? You have the account uh, also, we're not gonna read about it t today, but with the three wise men who, who literally just followed a star, like, like there was something to be excited about to just go out and be like, all right, see you in six months, like craziness. There was an excitement that the birth gave people. And, and, and it was something that is, is so uh, amazing because the angels tell these shepherds, hey, your savior is coming. This is the first time in a long time, we'll, we'll kind of talk about this. This was the first time in a long time that anybody had heard anything from God. God had been silent for, for hundreds of years. This was the first time people were, were starting to see God uh, begin to move and begin to speak and begin to do things again after so, so long. And so this is the, they, they, they come to these, these shepherds and they say, your savior is coming. Your savior has actually already been born. You, you need to go off and meet him. And what does it say that they do? It says that they hurried off. They, 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 they ran. And that doesn't mean that they immediately like just took off from right where they were. I mean, they probably had to pack some things and plan some things, right? When you're taking a trip like that, you have to do that. But they obeyed immediately and they said, no, 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 we gotta go, we gotta go do this thing. We gotta go see this announcement was something that everyone had looked forward to because it meant that they finally had a rescuer from sin. It was the, the, the moment, the, the, the event that people were waiting for because we read about it last year as we went through the Bible Engagement Project. 
what they used to have to do with sacrifices and, and they could only speak to God and it had to be a certain person and they couldn't do these certain things. It was very ritualistic and that was just the way it had to be. But when Jesus came to earth as a baby, as our savior, it completely took everything and shifted it on its head. It gave us a, a, a hope. It brought an excitement that things were gonna be different. It means they had a rescuer. They, they were no longer gonna be separated from God and they knew that. And there was an excitement that came because of that. You see, I think for our life, the thing that we can really understand and, and take away is that, that Jesus, his birth, his, his life, the things that, that he did, the things that he taught, man, that should bring an excitement and a, and a sense to immediately respond to him. I feel like so many times, we get in these spots where we're asking to hear from God, like, like so many people had been doing. We're asking and saying, okay, would you speak? Would you, would you activate? Would you move? Would you do this? And, and when he does, we kind of just sit there and twiddle our thumbs. We kind of just wait. We just hang out. But it says here that, that they obeyed immediately. When it says that they hurried off, we'll read that in verse 16 in a little bit. When, when it says that they hurried off, it wasn't that they immediately just took off and just ran. They, they, were, they were prepared, but, but there was a, 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 a step of obedience. That's what this is talking about. And so many of our, of, of our, of our life, we, we aren't excited about the things that the Lord has in front of us because we're not really even willing to obey him yet or to step aside and and then we go, why am I not excited about Jesus? It's because you're not wanting to listen to him or, or hear from what he is, he's got for you. Here's the thing, and, and I'm going to get a little real tonight, so I might step on some toes, uh, especially next week too. But I'm going to just be honest. Hey, guys, could you? Thank you. I'm going to be honest here. If the news of a savior that came to earth for you doesn't excite you in the way that it did these shepherds and the way that it did the people when they shared, again, we're gonna get into all of this and break this down. If it doesn't excite you, you need to check your pulse. And I'm not saying that, that you guys are like zombies or anything like that, but I'm saying if you're not excited about that, if that's not the reason why you come here, if that's not the reason why you read your Bible, if that's not the reason why you talk about, uh, about Jesus or you listen to Christian music, all of those things are great. But those things are not relationships. Those things are not uh, going to give you the peace that you need. They're, they're great tools. But those in and of themselves are not going to, to give you that relationship. You have to have an excitement about it and have a relationship and have uh, an obedience that says, you know what, I'm gonna run after this thing. That will begin to create an excitement and then you'll start to see a real relationship happen. This is why Christmas is something to look forward to as Christians every single season for all of the cliches, for all of the times that you do your traditions, for all of the things that you're like, I've heard this a thousand times there should still be some, some bit of excitement that when you read this Christmas story, you go, wow. Like I was reading it today, just, just trying to make sure that I wasn't gonna fumble over my words and all this stuff. I'm thinking, wow, like, like imagine what it would be like for them to, to sit and hear that a savior was actually physically there. 
and that all of the things that they had looked forward to, it was happening. And there should be an excitement. The birth brought an excitement to the people, and it should still bring an excitement to us. Let's go ahead. Oh, wait, before, before I do that, I want to just talk a little bit. If it doesn't make sense, I always try to, to bring in things that, that can. So if that doesn't make sense to you, maybe you don't have a relationship or you, 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 you kind of walked away or whatever, think of it like this. Have you ever had a, a, a spontaneous trip that you've been really looking forward to? You ever had a vacation that you're like, I cannot wait for this thing to happen? Or, or, or when you, you looked and, and, and you had something where, where you were looking and you said, man, this is going to be awesome. And it, there's an excitement about it. And it, maybe it happened suddenly. I don't know. I know some people do this as families. Maybe I, I, this was not my family because we don't like surprises and doing things like that. Like I'm, I've, heard, I've told you guys, like we do Christmas gifts like in July, like we'll be shopping and be like, that's cool. It's on sale. Can you just get it now? And they're like, yeah, sure. Nothing for Christmas. All right, cool. Like that's just the way we do it. So like I, I wasn't into all the surprises, but have you guys ever like been woken up by your parents and like been like, hey, we're going somewhere, pack a bag like right now. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? Yeah. No? Yes? Yeah? Where was it? Uh, yeah? What would you guys end up doing? Oh, to go to your grandma's? No, it was at my grandma's house. Oh, cool. Yeah, we ended up going and getting ice cream. Let's go. Hey, man, that's awesome. I, I love watching those videos of, like, little kids when, uh, when they get woken up and told that they're going to Disney or stuff like that. Or I was watching a video today on TikTok of this kid who was an a Indianapolis Colts fan, and uh, he had been told by his dad that he was going to a friend's house to go watch the game. And they're driving, and they pass the friend's house. And he's like, Dad, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, hey, uh, yeah, so I kind of lied to you. We're actually going to the game. And, like, he went and got, like, all these autographs and stuff. Like, like there's an excitement that comes when, when you hear stuff like that. It just begins to shift the way that you think and the way that you believe. And, like, that totally shifted his perspective. All of a sudden... He thought he was going to be watching this game from a TV, and now he's, like, literally in the front row getting autographs from all these players. Like, his hat was, like, black ink all over. It was so cool, and this kid is just sitting there like, this is awesome. And, like, I really think that that's how we should be in this Christmas season. Because guess what? If you aren't, and if you don't get excited, and you don't see hope, and you don't see this in that Christmas story, why is anybody else why is anyone else going to get excited? Why is anyone else going to see Jesus as someone to place their hope in if you don't even do that yourself or you don't even show that yourself? And I'm not saying that you guys don't. I'm just saying we have to be cautious of all of that. Let's go ahead and read a couple more verses in, in this account. This is what it says in 16. It says, They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed. Everybody say amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. This is a couple of verses. And I, I, honestly, in the many times that I've read this, this thing in Luke chapter 2, this is the one that really uh, hones in with me personally. And that is this, that the birth brought purpose. 
the birth immediately brought a purpose to these lives of so many people who had seen him with their own eyes. Because what does it say that they do? They hurried off. They went to go see him. We kind of already talked about that. But they go and they lay eyes on him. They talk with Mary and Joseph for a little bit. I'm sure they gave him gifts, right? It's Christmas after all. Um, I'm joking. But... <laughs> But what does it say they, they do? They go out and they begin to tell people about him. You see, in a moment, in a moment, these shepherds' lives and their purpose had completely shifted and completely changed. Being a shepherd was no longer the most important thing that they did. It wasn't who they were. And that is saying something because shepherds were like their whole identity was out there with those sheep. And in a single moment, it shifted because they were able to receive this word and they went out and they began to, to spread what is the first accounts of a gospel presentation of, of, of a savior being born, physically being there. It immediately shifted. The birth of Jesus wasn't announced to the high-ranking officials. It wasn't announced to the high, high social class. It wasn't announced to the religious people. Hold up, pastor's kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we just have a lot. Everybody's like, hey, 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 step on. They're like, they're like, I'll beat you up after school or something. They're all printed kids. <laughs> but check this out. It wasn't those guys. It was the shepherds. It was the lowly people. It was the people who had nothing. They'd just given their whole lives to, to, to tending flocks and, and, and keeping guard. But in a moment, their whole perspective had, had shifted. When the angels told the shepherds about Jesus, they saw him, and it became so important that they immediately went out and told everyone in all the towns around Bethlehem. They told everyone that they could. Because in that moment, nothing was more important than getting that message out. Nothing. See, the birth brought a purpose that wasn't there previously. We need this reminder in our lives. I know some of you guys are young, but as you get older, maybe your parents and some of these leaders can, can tell you, it's really easy to get your identity all wrapped up in what you do or the roles that you have. It's really easy to, to get wrapped up in, I'm a, I'm a mother or I'm a father or I'm a, 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 a salesman, I'm a pastor. It's really easy for, for me to get caught up. But what is so good is that that stuff is not, I mean, it's important. Don't hear, don't, don't be like, Pastor Josh said, you're, you're not important, mom. Okay, don't, don't go back and say that because I'll get some emails. and What are you telling my kids? It's important for sure, but... Nothing is more important than sharing about Jesus, spending time with him, knowing him, building your relationship, placing your hope in him, and inviting others to do the same. You can do anything that you want to do. You can be anything that you want to be. You can be a pastor, a teacher, a doctor, a salesman, a mother, a father. You could do anything you want to do, but the minute that you put that ahead of your relationship with Jesus and ahead of telling other people about Jesus, you've missed it. It's so important to know that the birth brought purpose for their lives. It brings purpose 
for our life as well. There's nothing more important than sharing about Jesus, especially in a time where our culture is everything. Everything in our culture is doom and gloom, and this is going bad, and this is going wrong, and these people are this way, and blah, blah, blah. Everything screams of hopelessness everywhere. And we're sitting here with this amazing message of hope, hello, the very thing that people are looking for in everything else. We're sitting here with this, with this message, and we're like, Merry Christmas. Okay, okay, here's your gift. All right, Jesus loves you. Here's some hot chocolate. I know, I'm not bashing hot chocolate, but... But yo, the whole holiday is based on Jesus. What better time to talk about Jesus than during this Christmas season? It's literally built into the season, the holiday. Literally built into it. So if you're ever like, well, I don't know how to bring up Jesus, or I don't know how to talk about Jesus, or I don't know how to do, it's Christmas. It's literally, like, come on. We have, to, we have to do this. And here's the other thing. The angels told the shepherds because he, they knew that if they told high-ranking officials, if they told religious leaders, if they told people who were high in society, that they would, one, get scared because they were going to feel threatened, but two, that they would be like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. I got money. Okay, cool, whatever. I got status. But shepherds who had nothing else were going to be enthusiastic. Shepherds were going to be the ones who are like, nope, we're doing this, like, right now, like, come on, you're coming with me, come on, like. <laughs> like, that's what this is about. Jesus, in his birth, completely gave purpose where there hadn't been none. I mean, think about when you first came to know Jesus, if you have if you haven't, we're going to have a, a time for, for you to, to really evaluate that relationship. But think about when you first came to know Jesus. Don't you want to share that with other people? That feeling, those moments, those things that, that the Lord has done? Hello, has God worked a miracle in your life ever? Has God showed up in your life ever? Okay, well, you have a testimony right there. You have something to share right there. And guess what? The thing that you say might be the very thing that someone else needs. Because what I say every single week sometimes isn't important. Uh-oh. Sorry. Sometimes, I, and it's happened here before. I've preached, like, messages. And I'll walk off, and I'll be like, unclick my microphone. I'm like, I just tore the roof off. Like, I just preached the best message I ever did. Like, let's go hand the microphone to a student, and they say something that's like, boom, just so powerful. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, all right, guess what I said wasn't important. <laughs> and it wasn't, but that's okay. I'm not saying don't listen to me. I will, I will throw something at your head. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I won't do that. Have I told you guys... Have I, have I told you guys about the story of uh, me preaching in Burger King? Really? I haven't told you this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell it again. Okay. 
This wasn't like last week either, okay? Like, I'm not, I mean, I'll, tell, I'll talk about Jesus anywhere, but like Burger King, come on now. Those people definitely need Jesus anyway, if you like Burger King. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a worse McDonald's somehow. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. I, I feel like I've triggered some people. Um, <laughs> check this out. So I was probably six, seven, eight years old, uh, and I was in a Burger King, and my favorite thing to do, my favorite thing to do was to take my little New Testament. You guys know those little red and green New Testament Bibles? Yeah, cool. So I used to take those everywhere I went, because guess what? I was a preacher. You guys know that little RC uh, microphone from Toy Story? Yeah, I had one of those, and I took that thing everywhere, and I preached, y'all. To my, I, everybody got saved in my family, like straight up. Anyway, but I didn't have my, my, my microphone. I just had my voice. And I grew up in a church where it was like super Pentecostal, like super, super, super Pentecostal. And if you don't know what that means, uh, basically everybody wore suits and ties and dresses and down to their knees and, or down to their feet, no jewelry, all that kind of stuff. Crazy pinned up hair. You, 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 you know, you know, if you, if you see them. They're, they're some of my favorite people to be around, by the way, so I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying. I grew up where people would, like, literally, like, step on chairs and yell at people and spit at people and all that stuff. Not like, yeah. That's just where I came from. So I thought, that's the only way I can preach. So I took my little New Testament, and I went to my mission field, which was the Burger King playground. And, bro, I just began to... to I'm just going off. You need Jesus, blah, 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 blah. And there was one girl in the play, playground, and I'm like, I got you. <laughs> you need Jesus, come here. So I like, literally, no joke, I'm like this close to her face. You need Jesus, blah, 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 blah. just going off. And she had had enough. So she just looked at me, and she goes, what? And I came back out of that playground crying with my little New Testament. And I'm holding my hand like this. And my mom goes, what happened? <laughs> she mean, like, all this stuff. I take my hand off. There was a huge red handprint on my forehead. And my mom's like, okay, um, honey, we're just going to take this Bible and we're just going to put it here. We're just going to take it. I got grounded from my Bible, y'all. Like, this is crazy. And that's a true story. You can ask any of my family. They love to tell that story. <clears throat> but yo, why are we not that excited even now? And I'm not saying go yell at people at Burger King. Not, let me tell you firsthand experience, it don't work. <laughs> but here, but, but maybe, maybe she is sick. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe she's, maybe right now, maybe she's like, Maybe she's like preaching a message right now. She's like, yo, I slapped some kid, but he got me. I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting crazy. But here's the thing. Like, seriously, we have to have that excitement in our conversations, in every single thing that we do. And we have to be excited about, about Jesus. We have to be ready to share him with anybody and everybody and, and not make it weird. Jesus doesn't have to be weird. He doesn't have to, to be something that where, where you're talking and you're like, I just am so awkward and I'm going to make you feel awkward and all this. No. Man, I've had so, so many great conversations 
just by asking people if they would like me to pray for them or asking them what they believe or asking if they were hurt by God. And most of the time, they're open to talk to you about every single thing that's going on and there's an avenue that you have to then give hope. So guys, the birth brought a purpose where there had been none. And I think that that's really, really cool. Let's read uh, just one more part. I'm going to jump down to, to verse 25. This is another one that doesn't really get uh, highlighted a ton in the Christmas story, but it's so cool. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That's a pretty cool thing to be promised. Like, hey, you're, you're not going to die until you literally see the Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents had brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of what the law required, Simeon took him in, the arm, in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother had marveled at what was said about him. It goes on a little later to talk about a prophetess, Anna, who was doing the same thing, waiting in the temples and praying and seeking out the Lord and just, just devoted her life. She was a widow. She devoted her life to waiting on Jesus. And she saw him and, and she goes into the temple and just begins to worship and praise him. Here's the cool thing. The birth of Jesus brings joy. Just like it brought joy to Simeon and to Anna later on, it brings joy. Here's the cool thing about those two. They remained devoted to God in a time where there, was ter there were terrible spiritual conditions. Like I said earlier, there was a period of hundreds of years where God had been silent, hadn't moved, hadn't spoken. And they were a part of this too. They, they were holding on to promises that were so, so, so old. But they remained devoted. And what happens when, when, when Simeon, who has this promise that he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah, he hadn't, he had, I can only imagine how overcome with, with joy he was when he saw Jesus as a baby and just began to, to speak these things over him. He, it's crazy. He's holding a baby and he's saying, Sovereign Lord. Like, like he's, he's thanking God. He's, he, he's holding this baby. No one would have seen as significant. I can only imagine what it was like for that promise to be fulfilled and the joy that it would have brought in him. 
You see, here's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of wrapping up here. Here's the thing. We live in a time where joy seems impossible to come by. We live in a time where it seems like joy is completely gone. But could you imagine to be in Simeon's position, to have a promise, to have something promised to you, and after so long, it's fulfilled. The joy that that would bring in your heart. Can you imagine the emotion of looking at Jesus in the face and going, okay, this promise has been fulfilled. This, this, I, I, I can be released. I can be like, what that would have done in his life. The reality is this. All of the cliches that surround Christmas are true. All of the cliches, all of the things about, about God being with us, about God's love being shown down and all this stuff that you can get so like, okay, I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. It's all true. And it should bring so much joy because it is such a good thing. and It is such a good gift to us. And so as, as we kind of close, you might be in a spot, if, if you guys could, could just focus, you might be in a spot where you're looking for hope in anything and everything that the world has. What's happened? What's happened? Our world has had less stability and more chaos. It's had less security and more variance. It's had less hope and more fear. Everywhere, surrounded in everything. But now, as we kind of shift into a Christmas season, as we, as we shift our hearts to looking at this amazing thing that happened of, of Jesus coming to earth as fully God and fully man, as a baby, we can look and we can see that we can confidently place our hope in Jesus. It says that, that the word that, that was given for Jesus, a lot, of, a lot of this is a buzzword for Christmas. It says Emmanuel, God with us. I was just thinking of it today because I've grown up literally in the church my entire life and like you hear it all the time, but you have to think like these people had lived their entire lives separated and all of a sudden it shifted. It, it completely shifted everything. God with us. My challenge tonight and over the, the next couple of weeks as we kind of go through this season is to remember to look to this man, Jesus, to, to cast everything on him, to see him as someone that we can fully, wholeheartedly, completely put our trust in. 
100% all of the time. And I'm, I could, you know, people might come to you and say like, yeah, just put your hope in Jesus. Everything will be great. And it is, but it doesn't always feel great sometimes. So I'm not going to lie. Putting your hope in Jesus, putting your faith in Jesus, especially in this season where you can be like, hey, if you just do this, it's the greatest gift and you'll just be great. And that's, that, that is totally true because of the things that we can look forward to and the things that we can have. But this is such a, a good thing for us. Even, even if we, even if we are in a spot where we've forgotten that for whatever reason, we can always come back. I think that that's what's so cool. And so tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't want people looking around because I really think that it's important. I want everyone with whatever this situation calls for in your life, I want you to, uh, to just be thinking, man, how, how have I put my hope in Jesus? Do I put my hope in Jesus? Or are you putting your hope in, in things that are not lasting? Are you putting your hope, are you putting your trust, are you putting your faith in things that are going to fade away? Tonight, if you just would, would raise your hand and say, I, I have a relationship with Jesus. I, I know who he is. I know all of these things. I know the, the cliches around Christmas. But I need to really honestly, truthfully, wholeheartedly put my trust in him. Even more so than what I have. I need to, to give that one thing up. That, those two things. That, that character trait that is so nasty. And really look to him as my hope. If that's you, would you raise your hand? You say, I just need to put my full hope in Jesus. Hmm. Thank you. All those hands, man. I really think that that's something that we should all want to do. That's why it's, it's so hard because I don't want to just be like, oh, I think i got to raise my hand or whatever. But this one's a little more direct. If you have never... And I'm not saying you, you haven't been here for a while, but if you've never really put your faith in Jesus in the way that you should, ever, you're like, I don't need to get back. I just need to get there. If that's you, if you've never done that, never made that commitment, never given that up to the Lord, man, he's saying it's time. This is the season. And the cool thing about it is, you can always run back to him and there's no judgment or condemnation. There's nothing, and there's no one with fingers who are gonna, oh, wow, remember you did that thing. Remember you, you didn't believe enough. So tonight, if you would say, I've never done this, but, but tonight I, I, I want to, I wanna take that first step. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I've never done that, but I, I wanna do that. I wanna... I'm going to put my hope, my, my faith in Jesus. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that in this season, we can get so lost in all of the cliches and all of the things surrounding this season. 
that we can even kind of shy away from even talking about this. But I pray that each and every person here, whether, whether they're recommitting and truly putting their hope in you instead of all these other things, or if they've never made that commitment before and, and this is their first step, I thank you. I pray that you would give them uh, just a uh, supernatural strength to, to just begin to surround themselves, not only around you, but around other people who can come alongside of them and let them know that they aren't alone, that they're not shameful, that they're not disgusting, that, that, that you have put this community together for a purpose and for a reason. But Lord, it all, it all comes and it all, it all stems. It's all woven together because of what you, what you did, what you did on the cross for our sins to, to, to take those and to carry those and to, to do that. And it started here with you coming in the most unconventional, unorthodox, unplanned, unprepared way in the human mind of, of what people were looking for. He came as a baby, humble. I thank you that we can put our trust in you that though it may seem like things are crazy, it, it may seem like the world is completely crumbling around us, that you are faithful. You've never lost a battle. You, you never fail us. We can fully, 100% put our trust and our hope in you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the things that you have spoken tonight. I pray that it would just sit with these students this week and, and moving forward in this season. Lord, I ask that you would just open hearts tonight as we engage and prepare for worship. That whatever it is that students need to, to give or to, to talk with you about <laughs> to release, I pray that you would do that. I, I just expect so much from what it is that you're wanting to do tonight. I believe you're wanting to, to stamp freedom on this group. Lord, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.